<clears throat> Hello, welcome to the Joel Fleischman Happy Hour Podcast, episode number 76, with a very special guest. I was on his very first podcast, yes. and number 100. Yes. Legendary podcast, getting 50,000 to 60,000 a week every time you publish, right? Or episode, whatever you call We're it. hitting those on a monthly basis. Bradley Hartman. In due time. Bradley Hartman, go follow him on Behind the Back Podcast. We switched it up. Yeah, construction leadership podcast. I like that way better. Behind your back seemed. I know why you did it, because I was the builder, but now you're past that. You know what's interesting? The number of people. Anyways, cheers. We have to start with the cheers. Oh, let's cheers. It's happy hour. It is happy hour. Sponsored by Central Waters Brewery. I'm also still giving up alcohol for Lent. Good for you. having the Campbell Sport Cream, our own in-house soda. Look at you Blue guys. You guys are next level. And I'm drinking the uh, Drexel Prescription Number 1985 Horse Medicine. Uh, it's good. Nice little light. Light it's little light. light. Yep, it's a light. It's the lightest beer they would brew. They wouldn't <laughs> brew anything lighter. And we still get most comments like, oh, it's a little dark for me. Really? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well. Well, yeah. Coors Light might be your thing. That's, that's fine. That's how it is around. That's how that's the community I live in, right? It's like, well, that's a lot. That's a lot of beer. Like, oh, it's the lightest they'll make. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it's funny. The um, So, right, I wrote a book called Behind Your Back, What Purchasing Managers Say Once You Leave the Room and How to Get Them to Say Yes. And then that I was like, really well... That was the start of your independent, I'm making money on my own, I'm not working for the man. That was, this was kind of like phase two. Phase one was obviously tall, skinny ginger from Chicago, fluent in Spanish. So we started when I left Pulte developing safety Spanish and construction Spanish language skills to bridge that. Bolt is a national home builder. Yes. So that's where you start your roots out of school, whatever. Yep. So did that 11 years, so built a thousand homes in the field, Chicagoland area, you know, well, growing up in a lumber yard, but didn't know anything about yeah. building per se. So learned that and then did that 11 years, started in the field building and then ended up in purchasing, met a lot of salespeople, a lot of them were fantastic. Several of them were hilariously, you know, not great at their job that made my job in purchasing harder. So then I left and uh, I love writing. It helps me think about what I really think and if I actually think that. So yeah, Behind Your Back was kind of part two, which kind of got us more into the LBM space, which before it was really just residential commercial builders. So yeah. So what was the first thing you did to make your own money? So we launched in August of 2011 and it was really behind Safety Spanish, which was uh, and construction Spanish, so helping bridge the language gap oh. between English speakers and Spanish speakers yeah. on the modern commercial and residential job site. Yeah. Which was kind of my kind of unique background. And then Google Translate came out and you were dead. <laughs> it's, hey, and hey. it's And over. then one day somebody goes, Bradley, we can do this. <laughs> Yo, how about uh, I speak? No yes. shit. Uh, cancel the business model. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Uh, so that got us rolling. And that, that business is still alive and well. So, oh, do you so own that, it? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's still going. Um, you employees revenue. We do. So we've got we've got five. You know, we're a par- wow. privately held company. Yeah. yeah you know, Joe. So we don't. We have you know, five people. We don't. Like we've got yeah. We've got. Uh, so it's my wife and I. She joined the business full time about seven years ago, when we moved from Chicago to Dallas, and then yeah, we've got uh, just today heard our fifth employee. So or fifth beyond us. So there's seven total. Seven so, total. Yep. Right. Yeah. Having a blast and uh, enough to pay the so, bills. Oh yeah. That's, that's great. So then you wrote a book. So, how, many, how many have you sold of your book? Oh, 
That's a good question. We don't know. Uh, I don't know that specifically. Hundreds so, of thousands, millions, is, six. No, I, we're, we're in the six-figure range somewhere, but wow, uh, this is where I feel like an a-hole when I say this, and I'll tell yeah. you why. So we've so uh, written 12. <laughs> no, no. So I've written 12 books. So, and each one's got a little bit better. Uh, they're all kind of all very niche -y. There you go. Hey, hey, look at you. Dude, look at this. Dude, yeah. I need a full-time producer I like know, Marcus. I've done about 20 of these. This is the first time I'm actually on point. So it took me 20 to get here. So <laughs> right. I don't normally I'm staring at the screen like, bring <laughs> up something. Yeah. Although so, with the camera, we don't, I don't know, it's a little far away when you watch these. but yeah. That's it. So uh, I love writing. Uh, I feel like I'm getting better at it. it really... what's, your, what's the book I should read? What's Of the book, like, what's your go-to? Like, this is the one that I'm most proud of, or this is what... I think they all speak to different people at different times. Yeah, all of them are more construction niche. -y. Now, that one interesting. Yes, for your works. Did I? I'm sure I kind of slung some propaganda at you with that. So we took the first five chapters. Carl Moyer, super talented guy with par lumber in the Pacific Northwest. Nope. And yeah, um, par. Yeah, they, they kind of were the guys that came out with, uh, I call it Lego building practices, right? Mm. You know, the trim the cut, trim the fit. You don't know from par the guys sure. that like cut the lumber and then it's like pre-cut for framing. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, trim the fit. What the hell they call it? Um, I don't know. Well, it's like Legos. Anyway, so Carl's their director of HR. Super, super bright guy. He's also a lot of fun. Him and I collaborated on this kind of leadership and management book. We took the fi first five chapters. I'll send a bunch here. That's we're writing the the rest of the the next seven chapters that'll be done by the end of this year. So that's kind of leadership management kind of for everybody book. The other ones are pretty niche. -y. And I mean, it's like this whole lineup of the professional sales field manual. This is your team had been sales, the QBs have yeah. been reading What's prospecting. The thing? So we took this idea of um, field manuals for folks that have been in the military, which field are, FM, yeah, so professional sales field manual. And the idea is I realized by far, I think to answer your question, if I am, uh, my most popular book has been Behind Your Back. Okay. It's 150 pages. Each chapter is literally under like 350 words. Super short. Every chapter has a little illustration, short words, short sentences. And after someone who is, you know, I've written a book that's almost 300 pages. It almost killed me. Nobody reads it. It's too long. Nobody wants that. So we started thinking about, could we do a shorter book projects, say max 125 pages, large font, more pictures. That was also really custom built. So we've been writing, I've been really having a fun job writing those. And the idea is for folks that aren't big readers, like a field manuals in the, uh, the US military, really short illustrations on single topics. And then we can go a little bit deeper in a single topic, but we're still keeping it really short. And uh, the response so far has been multiple men saying, my wife has been making fun of me because I haven't read a book since high school. I read your book. And you're like, oh. okay. So um, we're having fun doing that. All right, cool. Yeah. Anyway. And then podcast. Podcast, yes. Yeah. So tomorrow I think it's going to come out number 320. 320. Yeah. Dude, we are. We're having a lot of fun uh, doing some different things. So we've got the longer style that you were part of where we're going deeper, generally 35 to 45 minutes. And then also some shorter ones, trying to get under 15 minutes on single topics whether it's a guest and we'll kind of keep it short or a short editorial one tomorrow. I've seen more of that, the yeah. shorter ones. That's people are watching, listening to them more. You know, it's funny. We, it's hard to separate, you know, uh, the signal from the noise there so far. Yeah. We still see people like conversations. We did, we did one on Tommy Boy with a buddy of mine who does sales for a major paint manufacturer who would want, not want me to say the name of. And it's like an hour and 20 minutes. That's one of our most popular episodes ever. 
Um, I think if you have a good guest and people are smart and insightful and funny, they're going to listen to them. Um, that being said, you know. That's why nobody watches ours, Marcus. Me rambling. Smart, insightful, funny. <laughs> good looking, but, you know. You notice I did not say good looking. Right. That's why uh, we don't do a whole lot of video. But uh, so anyway, yeah, we love doing those. We're trying to do six a month. Um, doing more in the video. By the way, got to come back here. The, this might sound ridiculous. This is not a joke. We are doing the industry's first construction game show. It's called the Construction Leadership Game Show. Video first, about 22 minutes. Three guests answering three questions on leadership, having some fun, challenging each other. It's a total ripoff of Around the Horn on ESPN. Okay, yeah, yeah. Instead of four, we're only doing three. Right. And we're talking construction leadership guys from different segments of the industry. Are you gonna pick a winner? Oh yeah. Oh no. Full point Money's system. Gotta go to chari- Money's gotta go to charity. There's gotta be skin in the game. If you're not, you're probably. It sounds like you're maybe asking me. Yeah, I'm only doing it if there's money for charity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was. Our goal is we're going to be going to different characters. I just invited myself. No, no. You you totally did, and that we totally should. But I'm telling you, we're going to take this on the road, and you'd grab somebody from Drexel. You grab somebody, some builder, and maybe like a plumber. Right. So you get three different segments of the industry. Oh, okay. All coming from different angles, having fun, talking a little bit of smack, keeping it short. Yep. Uh, so our first episode will be out here in the next uh, uh, probably 10 days. Cool. So we recorded one, and it was a lot of fun. So Is it? Good. I have no idea if we'll do more, yeah. but I believe we will. It, it, it's a good time. Charity. I'm in. Charity. I'm in. Okay. Yes. So what did you do at Drexel today? You were here all day. What did you do? Dude, so we went deep with the QBs about delivering unique value to builders and started the day, I think is a good exercise for everybody understanding where our current time goes. And this is a super simple activity that anybody can do, which is take three minutes or so and just think of all the different things that occupy your time. All the activities, drive time, email, team meetings, grabbing lunch, meeting with customers, texting customers, blah, blah, blah. And normally after like 16 or 17 line items, we run out of those. And uh, actually, we started the day by trying to understand what what are specifically the goals for the year. And then looking at which of those activities directly, not indirectly, directly help people achieve their goals. And normally, we've done this with tens of thousands of folks over the years. Normally, if you can be between 25 and 40% of your time are in activities that directly achieve your goals or point to that, you are in really good company. You are more than likely to hit those. If you are thinking it's, it's like six, 70 or 80%, you are probably misunderstanding or either probably lying to yourself. And then if you're kind of in the 5 to 15%, you got to figure out how to delegate more, quit doing those things. So we did that and all that is trying to just create space to, I think, do something that you guys are doing really well, create room to think and observe and understand and spend more time with the customers that we care most about. And that will give us an opportunity to find unique ways to deliver value, solve problems, and help everybody, I think, not only be more profitable, but also enjoy building. There's a lot of people who build for a living that are stressed out and don't like what they're doing. And at the end, try to figure out if we just did it all for practice because we didn't make any money. So how do we create that breathing room? And I think you guys are taking some significant steps to make that happen. I think you even missed a step. Do nothing. Right? You never, I was waiting for you to say it. When do they do nothing? When do you actually take a deep breath oh. to not work with your builder or on your builder? Oh, to work right. on yourself, to not even yes. work on yourself. Like, when are you literally waking up and doing nothing in a, in a crazy work week in a you know society? 
I think that's one of the, the major downfalls of our industry. Why don't you take it a break to actually not do something right. so you could actually come up with the unique ideas, so you could actually pause and be like, hey, I need to be a good human. Yeah. I need to be in a better spot. I'm cranked up. So I think if you're so focused on that goal that you actually you have to actually calendar spend, when am I not? When am I just not? Well, what do you do for lunch? Like, I would love to know if you do that. Maybe you do that. Have you ever, like, asked them how much time they spend on lunch? Like, what do they do at lunch, and how often do they eat lunch? And where do they eat lunch? Like, do you take 30 minutes of break a day to just not? Do what? Just not. Not be a salesman, not answer emails, not try to get better, not try to be on the phone, not try to be productive. No. Oh, yeah. How's that working out? I'm terribly guilty of this. I will routinely just kind of pound through, and if, if I'm in an activity that I would characterize as kind of my unique ability, which is generally some sort of creation of reading, writing, or thinking, trying to put together ideas for clients or working with clients, I will routinely just kind of pound through and it's three o'clock, my blood sugar's tanking and I'm getting lightheaded and my wife's like, what are you doing? Have you eaten lunch? I'm like, but are you in the zone the whole time? Uh, That's if, like if, if I'm honest. Like if you're on, yeah, yeah. I have no, I mean, again, it's not like, Six to three thirty, and then I take this. That works for a lot of people, but yeah. like, like a creative person, were you on then the whole time? No. And the reality is, some of honest. those days, no. I'm just juggling shit, right, and I'm bouncing right. from activity A to B. And the, your point is, taking a step back, take a deep breath, and just relaxing will give you some space to figure out, okay, what's the most important thing? What should I be doing? And I think we're terrible at that. And we uh, do some executive coaching. The most common reaction I get to initially when we start is I'll say, when on your calendar do you place time to shut off the phone and just think away from everyone else, to think about your people, your culture, your family? Like, what is most important? Put the first things first. Like, when do you have time for that? The most common reaction is laughter. Yes. Like, yes. we don't have time. When do I have time? I'm like, I get it. You're too busy to think. Now, this ain't easy. This is a journey we're all on. And I will sometimes, as a consultant helping someone else, I will have, you know, Danielle on my team say like, hey, you are right now as guilty as hell of this exact same thing that you are prescribing to someone else. I say, I know. I'm a work in progress too. We can help each other. But yeah, it's a real issue. Yeah, they actually, I just read personality types and like unintended consequences are like the negative side of it. So if you have a coaching personality, one of the biggest weaknesses is that you don't follow your own advice. I was like, oh, my God, think how many fat Fayette coaches there are. <laughs> right? I'm like, that's actually true. Like, the least active people in the schools, right, are like the Fayette dude, right, the basketball football coach. Like, guys, you got to be in that weight room like five days a week. That's what it's all about. we got to stay healthy. we got to stay fit. Hey, coach, yes. he's touched the belly, right, like, as he's pounding. Oh, don't worry about me. You worry about yourself. But I think we do yeah. that. But, you know, a follow-up thing that I always think about executives, anyone, when do you have your best ideas? Mowing the lawn and in the shower. Yep. When, what does that mean? You're not thinking. Right. You're in the shower. There is no sensory feedback. Yep. There's no music cranking. And they're like, oh, light bulb moment. Why the hell did that pop in my head? Because you weren't doing anything. Yeah. Especially a creative guy, especially executive salespeople, people that maybe aren't task driven by, by nature, by God, right? Um, and think differently to be creative, you have to go for a walk. You have to be in nature, you have to be in the outdoors, you have to sleep well. Um, that's the best version of yourself. Yeah. And then you can have these spontaneous, crazy 
quirky, at least I do, these intense moments of getting shit done. To go yeah. with that though too is you have those moments where you're like all of a sudden clear your thinking and stuff. But I'll be like, I'll get out of the shower, you get changed, and you forget about what you thought about because now you're busy again. You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's like yeah. it turns back on again. Really like, bad, which is yes. really tells you something, right? Yeah. Like I can't even be present. Like think about like a monkey brain, Joe Rogan, all that. I simply refuse to be present enough to hold one thought <laughs> as I'm putting clothing on. <laughs> Like, we all laugh, but that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Like, can you retain a thought for three minutes? Oh, probably not. No, I got a lot going on. Holy moly. Like, what have we done? What have we warped yes. our brains with? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I always go back to the Stoics lived, you know, pre-Christ, what, two, 2,500 years ago, the Stoics, Marcus Aurelius, right? They talked about the busyness of life constantly. Wait. Like, shit. They thought they were busy, and and, the, and their advice is still, I love reading about the Stoics and Mark. They, they yeah. That stuff was spot on. Uh, but geez, they thought they were busy, and they thought that was like the the devil himself, right? What do we have to deal with as society? So yeah. not taking a half a day, working a forty-hour work week. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many of the executives and sales teams you work with work forty-hour work weeks? Oh, I, the I most common conversation we have is. What are you trying to do, personally and professionally? Who do you want to be? And what things can you get rid of? So what and do they I think say? people what are, need permission. Two questions. What do, what, how do they answer it, right? Because you've done so many. What are their answers? So, uh, to what, what, to so what you question? Had, you just asked two questions. You ask them two questions. What do you want to be? Oh, oh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, what, oh, they, what, what is the answer? Personally, I think it's by far. And again, it's, there's probably some selection bias here. But for many of the executives we have are... I would say between 35 and 50, and they have kids. And it's, I want to be present for my kids. I want to be around. They're growing up so fast. That's part of it. Yeah. The other part is to be I able get, to. I take a time out on that. Sure. I go, as Marcus knows, I go on youth sports, bash that every time I can, even though I'm a total hypocrite because you spoke in front of my youth kids last night, right? <laughs> the program that we have. But to the sense of, as a dad, and if you're listening, I'm talking to you, and if it hits home and you're like, Joel's a jerk, I might be talking to you. If you think spending time with your kids is driving them around to tournaments that you can cheer them on and sit in a sit in a bleachers all weekend with them, as a young dad yourself, Marcus, don't do that. That's not real that's not real family time. You sit in the car, they're on their phone, you stop at Culver's, you go to the game, they're with their Culver's. friends, you're with the adults, either scrolling or your friends with the, the parents that you kind of talking to being friends with the parents because you're there every weekend and you get back in the car and you go home and then you're all exhausted. That's not fucking family time. Right. I don't know what that is, but it is not. That's actually killing family time. But I think a lot of them, well, it's more time. I spent a lot of time with my kids. He's in like uh, youth uh, soccer. Like that ain't fucking family time. Sorry, right. keep going. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good, that was a good rant. rant. Powerful rant. Joel rant. Sorry. Uh, I no, I think these people, I think people at all levels. But and what's the personal, oh. pro professional common theme? I think professional is a, a variant of that, which is I want to be able to slow down and to develop a better culture, which requires me to listen and be, you know, to use the phrase again, to be more present with my employees on a day-to-day -day basis. Present. That's it. So, but for many of these folks, I will say, like, listen, it's not hard. You are traveling Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday. You will be, you're on the road, you're going to be even working more. You will have put in probably 50 hours by Thursday. And the answer is yes. Take Friday off. Like, well, you're the CEO. Take Friday off. Spend it with your family. 
spend it with your husband, spend it with your wife, you have permission. And the first time people do that, to invest in themselves to rejuvenate, not only their own body, but also, also with the people they care about most, the reaction is they almost feel like they're not a chief executive who has earned this. They feel some blend of like guilt and also like I'm getting away with something. Are you curious where I'm at or do you know? I, I think you've, you've been a model for this in the way you're discussing is you're already, I mean, you're on the four, four, 10 days, right? Yeah, so I have off every other Wednesday, every other Friday. For about six months, I call it letting the lion out of a zoo after 30 years. I just want to go back in, <laughs> right? Like I'm just like circling, I'm like, you know, I should maybe uh, call a builder, right? Or I should like, oh, I, I should check in, right? So then I'll like make a reason to like get on my email. And so I still, it's been six months, I'm getting better at it, but you know, I'm still feeling good. It's, it's this paradox, right? That's like everybody in retirement, right? So many yeah. people retire and they go right back right. to work because but, they're bored. Right? But I will say, yes. I, it, it's still a very, very short work day. I'm still at home. I end up doing tasks and chores, do laundry. Yeah. But you know what I've really gained is really not that day. And I don't spend any more time with my, my family, right? They're, they're doing their life. So it's not like Friday's at 9 a.m. The weekends are mine. Ooh. Laundry is done. Tasks are dead. Dad is present like on that. the weekends. Which is huge. We used to be open Saturday, 7 to 12. I'd shut the gate by 1 o'clock. You get home at 2, 65, 70-hour work week. Right. Take a nap. Now I'm doing chores. Now I got to do laundry. Now I got to mow the lawn. Now I got to. I just got to like wake up, clean my truck out. Like right. clean. I was traveling. Clean the, clean my luggage. luggage. Out, get ready for Monday. Now it's if I go to church on Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon, kids, dad's here. Dad's here. What's what do you guys want to do? We got three hours. So, what's up? How are you? It's so getting that all back. Um, I can't tell you how cool that is. Yeah. Hard, honestly, because you do not think you're giving your best effort, right? You're you're driven. You're born 110%. Go, go, go. Um, I have a Keith Banner shout out, right? I, he reads Goggins and Jocko and these high testosterone dudes, right? Sometimes I told him to stop. I'm right now. I'm reading a book on Eastern monks. Phenomenal book. Love it. Actually, the the book was he was a monk and came back into daily life, and what he learned and how he did it. So such a great book. But it's about being truly present, right? And he even said the, the of all religions, if you think of all religions, you think of all the heavens, the Buddhist, the Islam, it's literally just being present. He said, I think a heaven is actually just being present. And if you're mm -hmm. truly present, it is literally only love. There is nothing else. He's like, that's the key to life is to be present. And that's the breathing, the meditation, because you're just being present. So when I try to go, they, one thing they said to do is a tip and trick. Every time you take your daily walk, your daily drive home from work, or even walk up your own steps, even in your own house, find something you've never seen before. He said he's done that, and he'll be like, "Where's the fire extinguisher where you work?" They did it to one guy. It was like three feet from his office, but he's actually never saw it because he was never <laughs> right, not being able yeah. to have a thought right. Like I don't know where the right. fire extinguisher is, <laughs> right there. Oh yeah, I knew that. Right. So I, I think being this being present and being present to your you're, you're, you're here to teach our salesmen how to be present for the builder. In essence, that's really in essence mm -hmm. is what you're saying. Free up your time to be present. But isn't that just what we're talking about in life? Yeah. Like if you could just be present, if we can just have this conversation and nothing else matters, and um, shout out to Caitlin. Caitlin Stahl was her HPD leader. I'm not sure yeah. you met her. No, I know. Yeah. She was in an accident in January, and life 
she was saved by God. She should have died. The car I saw was smashed right up into her. And they were actually able to get her out before it blew up, which is only minutes later. Jeez. Um, and she's in a wheelchair still and will be for, has been for eight weeks, will be for another four weeks. No Hasn't kidding. been able to do anything. I saw her for the first time we had launched him. I said, what'd you get out of it, right? Because I know she thinks that way. I like to make her cry, so I like to make her think deeper. And she knew that was coming. She's like, she's like so what I've learned so far is to be present. I always, always, kid's birthday party, I'm thinking, how am I going to get these people out of here and start cleaning up? I didn't sit and just watch my daughter play for yeah. an hour. You know, and, and at work it was always, I'd be extremely frustrated at a meeting because it was a frustrating meeting. But it was a frustrating meeting because I was frustrated, not for the people in the room or the agenda, I needed to go to another meeting and this one was running long. And I was picking up all the tasks for everybody because I thought that's what I was supposed to do, even when you told me not to. You know, I, I remember her being in meetings, and she'd always write everything down. Even if, even if you said you got it, she'd write it down. And I'm like, you know, and I, Caitlin, I said, I, I know what you're talking about because you would write that down, and I knew that meant even, by, and she goes, even my body language. Like, you got that? Which means I'm going to circle back with you. I'll right. probably half own it. And always was the next thing she said. So again, just being present. And again, for a builder, a customer, what better is there than being present? I have a great one. I have a great one-liner, everybody. This is great. Go uh, on. The book, a great, great book I read right now that I just started. A hospitality book, Book of Hospitality. You can just Google that. Uh, unhospitable, Book of Hospitality, Being Unhospitable. Oh, I saw that on Twitter. Is yeah, it, it is it how to give more? What's the book, subtitle book. like? How to give more? It's like really bold yellow letters. Yeah, it's all yellow. Yes. No, that's not it. No, it's yeah, uh, so like sub, on, it looks like it was maybe on the right. No, the subtitle is like how to give more than is expected or it's something. Like put restaurant, put on, put hospital. Or, yeah, unreasonably hospitality. Right. Uh, so this guy, the quote in the first six pages, which was awesome. Yeah, somebody recommended that on Twitter. I yeah. retweeted it or something. So I got the book and it's been great and it's like eight pages in it, it's got me. And I've read, just like all of us here, I've read a million of these kind of books, it's got me. He comes out with service is black and white, hospitality is color, mm. right? Build it, now let's frame it back to Drexel and why you're here. Service means yes, I shipped your load on time, I did the estimate, you got an invoice, you got a receipt. That's customer service. Hospitality is color. The sizzle, the flare, yeah. and again, back to being present. That's that's hospitality. I love it. Service is black and white. Hospitality is color. That's my new thing. You ever connected with Tim Rutlake? Yes, he's been on our podcast. Episode. That's what I thought. All right, I was yeah, having this moment. Guy. So this is waiting for me at home. Tim Rutlake. Hi, Tim. Shout out. What's Shout up, Tim? Oh, we love a you. Cam that's. Let me go over the basics. Camera. That's I've been camera. staring at you. We got, a camera, we got a really right? good profile in my face going That's here. That's how it's supposed uh, to be. Yeah. Tim Rethlake. Uh, yeah, episode it, 70, there's Tim and I. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, of course, of course you got the fireplace. Yeah, he's good. good, yeah. On guy, brand, on brand. Guy slings fireplace. He was good. He was he's good, great. Yeah. Super thoughtful. Um, he bought that book for me. He'll buy it. If he has a good book, he'll just buy it and send it to me. Very thoughtful. And so uh, it's waiting for me. What's that? How many people does he do that for? Oh, I think a lot. So... You being a book guy, I've learned yeah. this is like it's almost a burden and a curse. Let me recommend you a book, and you're the book, and then the, you circle the guy circle backs with you or the girl. Hey, did you read that book? And you're like, dude, I'm like 40 deep in recommended books. So let me challenge you on that, or let me challenge you in the right word. 
I'll give you an alternate view of that. Yeah, yeah. What so, does that mean, or how do you how do you handle that? So that's good. I take a. I take a very zen podcast. You need to like circle back on. I take a very zen view of this thing. So, you mentioned stoicism. So Ryan Holiday. Uh, Love Ryan Holiday. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Like the Texan. Same, like the same guy. Yes. So big, big fan of his. And his whole thing is, if there was what's ever his, a best, what's his best book, so we can recommend it. I oh, really bad remember book names. Man. Yeah, the obstacles. The way, the way, the way, the way. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, destiny. Well, he's got the series on the Stoics, right? Courage is calling is his last one, and then because the there's discipline, courage, and justice, justice, which will be his next one. Which I'm yeah. really interested because in, I don't know how, how he'll spin that because that one's yeah. boring to me. But if he's written it, I've read it. The Daily Stoic is my most gifted book. Um, it is just the whole idea is yeah, so short story Nick Witty shout out to Nick he gifted to me the daily story oh really it's the only book he could read he said yeah like, one page a day yeah, really? he's like I got this yep and uh, and by the way if you want to make a you want to let people know you really care he has a leather bound it's actually a bible manufacturer is the is the printer of that leather bound book it's it's gorgeous it's about 100 bucks bring up the link i buy i'll buy those you know 12 at a time and then hand those out for really specific occasions. No, thank but you. Anyway. I didn't, I didn't get one of them, so appreciate you, that. Uh, you already covered. You already had it. It must have been 13. You're good. must have been 13. <laughs> I had to be, you were 13th I had to be just list. like right below the list. Uh, but anyway, so Ryan Holiday, his line is, if there was ever a book that I was interested in reading, I wouldn't let time or money, I might be butchering this, time or money stop me from getting it. My view is this. It's a small investment in education. Uh, every year I should be investing my, in myself and my own education. If there's a book, I'm like, I'd like to read that book. I don't think about it. I just buy it. Now, my wife, who also works with me, who generally does all the ordering on Amazon, she will point out that in this last month, you have ordered 16 books. It seems like a lot. And my thing is, I'm going for the long run. At a certain point in time, there will be a book. I recently, I'm not going to go into why. <laughs> Actually, from Tim. Tim gave me another book that was a fiction book. It's called a, a Gentleman in Moscow. There's a whole bunch of references that did I did not understand about Russian authors. And I have a book on Lenin. I got a book on Stalin. I don't know when I got them. Years ago. Yeah. Grab it off. Dude, now I'm kind of going this rabbit hole about Russian history and Russian authors. Dostoevsky and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah. That book's supposed to be great. Did you like it? I did. It was really good. No, no. It's not so much that I don't have time to read. Yeah. Uh, it's more like people recommend me books that I don't really want to read. Or it's not my priority list. Just tell them. Just they got to understand. And I would just say, "Listen, it's going to go in no, my library." I was like, yeah, I, I, that's what I say. I'm like, it's on the list. It's on the list. It just always seems like this almost of a burden, you know? Because you're like, this is. Know, it's similar like a phone Carmen call. Carmen gave it to me. Where if somebody calls me. you, do you have to pick up the phone? No. No, I, you I, do I, not. I, if someone sends me a book, <laughs> they must live with the fact that I may or may not choose to read this at a certain time. But I will save it, and sometimes I will. And if they're like, you know what? Joel's a real a-hole. I gave him that book. He didn't read it promptly. You know what? I would question the understanding about our relationship. relationships. That's fair. Yes, yeah, right? For who that person is. So anyway. Beneath, so, Beneath the Scarlet Sky. I'm not a big fiction guy. Okay. That book is... Beneath the Scarlet like, Sky. Freaking lights out. True, World War II, true story. Had me from the beginning. Is it... So it's, it's nonfiction? Yes, right. You know, fiction. Fiction. Well, it's fiction. It's realistic fiction. It's his story. It's his story. But okay. There's, I think there's some freedom in there. Has to. Maybe okay. Maybe not. I mean, 
some of this narrative nonfiction, yeah, yeah. which is, it's narrative real, but it's not real. Well, he said it's a story, so again, maybe it, you know, it didn't, okay. it didn't read like Unbroken, which I knew right away was his story. It read like what's a it, realistic fiction. What's it about? Uh, World War II, but Italy side, a guy in Italy, which I didn't know a lot of the Italy side. I right. read the Unbroken and the German side, the, you know, last, um, all quite on the Western Front, the American side, obviously, but reading the Italian side. Well, really Mussolini action? Yeah, but how like uh, uh, Italian citizen, a young guy, um, how that was affected? Because they actually were hoping for the Americans to arrive. Yeah, but which actually means they're probably going to kill a lot of Italians because they're actually still in war with Italy. I didn't quite understand that. That wasn't it. It was like it was a love story meets hmm. um, right. like race cars meets height like Do Goggins Jocko meets this. <laughs> Italy guy that, you know, loves violin music and the Alps uh, got into Christianity. He was saved by a bunch of priests that were kind of doing shady shit and kind of story the kids up in the woods. And a lot, of, a lot of angles here. It was cool. No, that's what I mean. There was a lot going on. So I just killed that book. I killed it. Like in, I was on vacation. I feel so bad for my wife. Shout out to Pam who does not listen to these. You know, I'm on vacation. And when I go on vacation and I get into a book. Yeah. Like the world doesn't exist. And yes, I'm the same I, way. I think I have a big heart, or I like to think I have a big heart in that way. It personally affects me. Really? Like, and I'll I'm talk so about it. Like, you know, we have dinner and we're like 17 drinks in. I'm like, so anyways, this book, <laughs> it's driving me nuts. And they'll be like, they're not reading the book. The angry priest. They don't care, you know? And then they'll be like, that's what's going on right now. So, like, they'll be talking and I won't be present because I'm 12 drinks in. And I'll just be thinking, like, God. Wonder what's going on there. And I'm like, it's not real. Like it's a fucking book. Or I'll be on the beach and they'll be you yes. know, having their beaching talk and I'm like, Joel. I'm like, reading. I what? Oh, yeah, he's reading. I'm out for the day. All right, I got one that's that's relevant here. I'll give it a quick plug. There's this guy named Paul Kicks, K I X. Yes. He's an ESPN, I believe, editor who also writes Boy, on the you side. Really need this today too. This is oh, good. There we go. He's written something called The Saboteur. He's got a new book coming out, like, literally any day now. It looks like a chachi. Sorry, Paul, if you're listening. Dude, the saboteur is the French resistance side of World War II that I knew nothing about. It, it's already been optioned into a movie, which doesn't mean anything. But this should absolutely always, be a movie. I do get a half star. If it's, like, going to be a movie, yes. I'm like, well, somebody thinks it's good. Yes. And all these are optioned and then, you know, 90% of them were never made. But anyway, I would recommend this to a friend. What you just described... Minus the priest and the Italian Mussolini side, this was kind of the French resistance side. Okay. I couldn't put it down. I like rip. I'm not a fast reader. I like rip through this in a weekend. It was phenomenal. So you being a reader, I have a theory that I came up with. I had English degree. I love to read. If you get 50 pages in and it's not good, dump yes. It. It doesn't, if it doesn't speak to you at that point in your life, dump it. Don't struggle through a 400-page piece in war because you're supposed to read piece in war. Just don't read it. Yes. So. This is kind of relevant to kind of that earlier point that I made. And there's this idea of this anti-library that I subscribe to, which is the books that you have that you have not read are more valuable than the books that you have read. For, which me, for me, it gives me a license to buy more books. My point is, I don't stress it. You're not a hardcover guy solely? Oh, no, no, no. Just books, though. I like, I like the physical. I will. That's what I meant. I, you're not a Kindle guy. Oh, no, no. Sorry. No, I can't. Now, I will. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like 90% Kindle. I can't. I, I make I notes. Like when I, everybody's watching TV. Yeah, I can't either. Well, I, when I, I got highlight stuff. I'm going to pull. Well, I'm thinking about my. Yeah. I'm thinking about the podcast. So I'm thinking about the newsletter. Like the footnote guy. Oh, I'm. 
I'm highlighting them and trashing the books. See, I do it when like my family's watching TV on you know the couch time thing. Yeah, which is a big thing for my family. Then I'm I'm always on my book, and I have bad. I don't like a light on. Yep. I like to read in bed too. Yep. So I've kind of same here. Converted I know. I, so my wife brings. Oh, she brings up the wall. She doesn't like the wall. <laughs> then she gives me an elbow. This is. By the way, th- there should be a uh, <laughs> wives of podcasters that we don't listen to. My wife. I'll be like, hey, I did this one. We had a guest on who's like a friend and a, you know, a client. I'm like, did you listen to that? She's like, nope. Yeah, 320 episodes. She's listened to like two. And, uh, my wife has listened for two minutes. And she's like, I can't. Like, you're so annoying. And you're over the totally top. legitimate. That's my wife either. She'd be like, well, I heard you editing it. Like, I got the idea of it. It's like, okay. By the way, shout out to Marcus. The, I have thought, <laughs> I hate to even admit how many times I've thought about the brilliance of your podcast. The premise, the structure, the oh, name is so all... Good. It's so good. It's brilliant. We're like so when people are rejected and down on their luck, you come and say, you know what? I want to hear your story. And we're going to help build you up to the next thing in life. Because, And that's the punchline in coaching, especially at the professional a, about The people here listening yes. don't know Marcus's podcast. Why not? Yeah. You guys done 76 of these. What are you guys doing Well, here? I mean, he said it, but I mean, like, it's like they don't listen to every episode. We're assuming we have special people <laughs> because we have such a astound, astute guest yeah. that we have unique. Astoundingly have a, astute. I love a, it. We have a unique opportunity <laughs> to get new people on here. So Yeah, Fired Coaches podcast uh, started over the pandemic in 2020 and... I haven't actually done one since June, took a little bit of a break, but actually it just started kind of kicking around with stuff with uh, kicking it back in gear. And I would say the best compliment I got was actually from people who were like, felt like they had a weight lift off their shoulders because they didn't really tell their story to anybody. Right. Who would listen? You're fired. You're to you the, just disappear. You're to the curb, yeah. right? Whatever. And they felt a lot better about just getting it out there. So, which was kind of cool. Ray yeah. Rose. Well, this whole idea too, where coaches, especially in professional ranks, coaches are hired to be fired. The odds of you having a 20 or 30 year run are probably one in a million these days. Like I, just, I, lo- I learned it in that Mike Leach, not the Mike Leach book, the book you recommended. Oh, on the football. perfect pass. Yeah. See, I can't oh, remember book names. Love I, that book. I learned that in that book, how like a life of a D1 coach oh, is like two years and you like brutal. rise up and then one bad thing and yes. you're dead to everyone. Yeah. And you got to move like. Every two years, like no matter what, oh, like either you're the going toll here, on their families, the no hours. Idea. Oh, it's it's so it's so brutal. And so, and so few are the actual head coach. It's all behind the scenes coaches. Yep, just trying to grind. Which Marcus was part of that as a university coach as well. What'd you coach? What university? Uh, I coached Division three, so I coached like twelve years of basketball all around, kind of around the state here for hoops. And then you also got we're like the luckiest. Dude Jim Ingman. Yeah. He was like, oh, I was a coach for it's college with Bemidji State for hockey. I'm like, yeah. what? Well, that totally came out. He was. He, We're blessed he, with some really cool people. Jim will tell you that freely. Marcus, you got to peel it out. So yeah, apparently, yeah, yeah. That's a that's yeah. an onions. Two very layers unique, here. Two very unique. Onion. Love them both, but very different people. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, another book that came up here: Trillion Dollar Coach. Yes. Uh, Andy mentioned that yesterday. I'm like, oh, it's. I think it's that's been a book that. A long that, time since I even thought of that book, but yeah, that was a game changer for Andy. Who yes. Like one book every decade, so that's probably why. <laughs> What's the most impactful book you have read in the last 10 years? The one book and the most impactful that I've read in the last 10 years, says Andy. Uh, yeah, but that's a, it's a book that well, I, I thought think... you were like answering it. Oh, no, no, no I was messing. So, so let's have the same question. What's that? You just asked it. Impactful, best book you read in 10 years. Oh. 30 days or six months. What's top of mind right now? Uh, I, I generally suffer from kind of 
recency bias here. No, that's good. I'd be like, what is, like, top of um, mind, what's on top of mind? You know, uh, top of mind for me is uh, I gave a keynote what's recently right on, uh, on innovation. And, uh, and actually, buy, uh, there's a $4 book, I believe, on Amazon. It's called something, it's from like 1953. It's uh, a technique to generate new ideas or something like this. It's a tiny pamphlet. It's like 23 pages or something like that. And they it, mailed it to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why I do it's a book. Like, I just put it on the Kindle. <laughs> it it, it was very light. I was yeah. like, they forgot the book. No, it was in there. And uh, but for that, trying to think about how do you generate new ideas, and especially in the construction industry, that many aspects of it are very resistant to new ideas. And uh, you know, it, we didn't come up with this because this is the way we've always done it. We've been successful doing this. And uh, so I reread uh, the Innovator's Dilemma by Clayton Christensen. Kind of a, uh, a classic on it. But he kind of walks through a few di different case studies, one from like the disk drive space, the other one on mechanized excavation equipment going back from 1850 and showing how these new ideas come in and how successful companies get into a space where they have good margins, serve large customers, and intentionally through good leadership in theory, good management, ignore these low cost, cheap things that aren't relevant that allows them to, over time, supplant them. And that's why you continuously see large, successful companies like East Bay. You're, East Bay is a Wisconsin company, right? Were. Was. So I grew up, East Bay was the magazine, and we'd be so excited to get baller, it once a month. Baller, And we would buy a bunch of, oh, I would ask my mom to buy shoes from this. So, internet comes along, right? Zappos yeah. uses East Bay because the uh, the venture capital guys for Zappos said, listen, no one's ever going to buy shoes if they can't try them on. They said, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. East Bay's been doing this for like 15 years. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, successful. Yeah, right. We're just going to do that and do it online. East Bay still doesn't really totally embrace the internet. And then another couple decades after getting their ass kicked by Zappos, Whenever goes out of business in 2023. You're like, they were the most positioned company ever. The funniest thing about East Bay went out of business was no one remembered they were in business for like 20 years. <laughs> I, I have deep memories of No, 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 but nobody thought of them for 20 years. Right. Oh, then you read they went out of business and you're like, damn, no way. And you're like, but I actually haven't thought about them for 20 years till today is what I'm right. saying. Like I remember yes. vividly, but the yes. last 30, 30 minutes where I grew up is where they're originally out of Wausau. Wausau, right. And then they got bought out by Foot Locker, and then oh, there's they a did. bunch of changes that way. But yeah, like all of a sudden they go to business and everyone's sharing on Twitter all the old magazine clips, and right. it's like everyone's like all excited. It's like, well, where have you been? Yeah. Like they're still, they were around, you know? They're like, well, I even thought local, so we I, there's local papers that are really, really struggling, and they're so key to these little communities. Kewaskum Statesman, shut out Camelsport News. I had an idea for them, right, because they're just dying. Because by the time that comes out, Facebook has been out with every article there is, you know, locally. like. Kewaskum shattered, uh, nosy neighbors, that's all exists for little towns, right? Where people can just post stuff about the town. So it's, the paper's really, 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 really struggling. And again, traditional ads in there, who even subscribes? So how do you even generate ads and all that? I said, you know what would be cool if you had QR codes in all your papers and it would actually be like, here's the, here's the actual game clips of the game. Or we did an interview of little Johnny hitting the home run. Right, like if you if you made your paper more into an expanded internet version, yeah. but you could only get the paper to get the QR codes, right? I'm like, you know, local house burns down, QR code, I can actually see the fire, right? Like I make mean, that might be something, but they have to keep expanding. Gotta find a way to obviously no new news on 
the newspaper business, but how is it relevant? I think at the end of the day, what do people care about most? Themselves. And if there's a, if you did an interview with my kid on, you know, the success of their lemonade stand that made 180 bucks over the weekend that they gave to charity, I'm going to go find that. Grandma and Grandpa going to copy? Yes. And, but I still think like this whole idea uh, that, and I get it, like attention span is small. Nobody reads anything in print. Print books are up over the last couple, like five years. I still get the newspaper in print but it's really good content that I say, I'm willing to pay for this. Correct, right. You gotta be special. You just gotta bring up your game. Yeah, you gotta be great. Right. And if it's just gonna be the normal shit you've been doing, yeah, I, you know, uh, capitalism, it's gonna take care of that. And you're gonna get weeded out. I don't get too hung up on that, but I think you gotta, again, kind of back to this idea of innovation. So anyway. Yeah, innovation. Innovation in our industry. Um, what do we got for time? This seems like we're flying. 45 minutes. Just we're 45 in? Yep. Oh shit, we gotta go. So we've got what What's we're, one, we we're, can do what, like twenty five percent of the way there. Is that is that this is that where no, we're at? No, no, no. Just get warmed up. <laughs> yeah, no. This now I'm feeling good. You're here till Friday, right? Horse medicine. You, know you told me a six hour pod. Like, no, is that you, not true? If, you, if you've never been on a podcast <laughs> or don't host a podcast, and you see Rogan with a two and a half hour one, you're like, what do they do? Like, how high are they? What do they talk about? Until you're on a podcast, and the time just flies. Yes. Like the yes. time just flies. Well, if Rogan. we're doing it right. The audience is like, when is this thing over? These guys suck. If, I, if it flies for them, that's where, hey, again, oh, kind of the same point. Magic. If it's good that's content, magic. right? Yep. But it's uh, like having beers at the bar, right? Like time just is, a, you know, again, back to, I, this is really a present podcast. Back to being present. Time truly is an illusion, right? Like this last 45 minutes, I wasn't aware of the 45 minutes I spent with you, right. which thus it's an illusion. It's just a perception of where we were and where we're going to go. It really doesn't make anything yet. You have to control your time by time management. Um, yeah. I don't know. That was just a weird. Well, you've had those. I'm Cam- sure you had it. cream uh, high buzz. <laughs> Horse medicine. Buzz. Prescription yes. number 1985. Huge buzz. The, I'm sure you've been on those. And we value and cherish the time that has been given on everyone who's ever come on one, on any one of our episodes. That being said, when you realize, and this idea of like being in sync, this is a this is a physiological thing. If they were like hooked up to the three of us and could see our brainwaves, they would see them largely moving in the same pattern. So that's a, that's a real physiological thing. But when you're not in sync, I'm concerned as a podcast host, like what's my next question? How does, is it a good question? How can I get them talking? Can I get them more engaged? They don't, they don't seem truly bought in. Now I am forced to go on two different tracks. One here listening to you. The other one is how do I bridge to this next part? Cause same, same going great. I'm not giving these feelings. I'm guessing, and, what, and I'm guessing it's going the same way they're not present. They're trying to answer your question before you said it. They're super nervous of how they're being perceived. Yeah. They're thinking, what do I look like to everybody else right now? What did I just say in the past that I should have said different? Right. He's going too fast for me. I can't think. Right. He's losing you, but he's actually not here either. Like You just got to be here. You just can't overthink and it. You're almost like you can take it two ways. You can ask the simple questions and you just get through it and have it done. Or take a risk and ask something really wild that might take it to the best podcast ever, but it might go differently too. You know, yes. like I'm a big fan of the. You know what? I'm going to take a hard right turn here. I don't know who said that first. Maybe Tim Ferriss. I steal a lot of my good one-liners from Tim Ferriss. 
You know what I? Ferris is good. He's great. Uh, he's gotten way too mushroomy lately, though. I, I haven't. I haven't he's going in years. He's going deep in the mushroom territory. The psilocybin yeah, or psilocybin or psilocybin. There needs, it is. Whatever the hell it is. I think he needs that personally. I think he's a pretty goofed up guy. Like I think he's trying to get his own brain right. I'm not going to waste it. Everyone's fighting their own battle, Joel. I'm sure Ferris. Tim, if you're listening to the podcast, that's nothing personal. Yeah, don't think he is. All right, we're at the billboard time. We are not going to milk this out aimlessly that we were on a horrible track. We can take it a million words. We got it like nowhere. We didn't talk about salesmen or builders at all. I failed to actually let him know about this, too. No way. So I do one Ferris thing, all 76 episodes. The last question I ask everyone that's ever come on, and I'll be well. I give him the billboard uh, question. So one big giant billboard. Marcus didn't do his job. He was getting bragged up the whole time as my free volunteer producer. Yeah, stay humble. And uh, <laughs> fall seven, rise eight. Humble, hungry, and smart. Well, it's not that hungry. Actually, he was kind of kind of took this episode <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> smart for sure. He was just so excited. Sure. So we do a big giant billboard. Put anything you want on. Yeah. You already know the question. I do. I stole this from Tim Ferriss. Yes. But I love it. It's one of my favorites because it's just uh, kind of a closing topic and you know what's one of the weird things that i think people's billboards change over time your passion and your why can shift and that's totally okay it's like where i was when i was 25 my why is way different yeah i think in 10 years which is really hard to fathom that you can in 10 years my why might be different again that's okay yes so do you have to ask the question formally or can i just do it? i did you got a big giant billboard what do you want to go <laughs> But when you say it like that, it seems like you're really present in the moment. <laughs> seems like you're racing to get done. <laughs> just trying just to say get it. done. Just just say it. Shut up. Just say, say it. it. Yeah, All right. Damn it. It's uh, really good to last seconds here. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give you, because we have so much time, I'm going to give you two. The first one is on my chest here. We say this at the Fucking close, classic podcast close. guy. <laughs> he comes on my podcast, one big giant billboard. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you two. <laughs> The one I feel is a cop-out. This is our mantra. It, it's on hats. It's on most of the clothes that I wear. I'm here two days. It's on both my clothes. It's you are owed nothing. Deliver value first, which is, everybody says deliver value first. There's nothing new. There's a story from an LBM guy in, in Alaska that kind of gave me the you are owed nothing. But we've kind of seen this really resonates. Young, old, male, female. Like everybody, I think, understands this idea of entitlement, knowing that, hey, Nobody owes you anything, and your job is to deliver value first. And if everyone kind of follows that, you know, a lot of magic can happen, right? The color. The color. The color. There you the go. color happens. Yes, way to bring it back. Uh, the second one I will just say, I, I believe I stole this from somebody. Uh, you know what? I'm going to switch up. Uh, the uh, founder of the modern uh, internet browser is a guy named, uh, oh my gosh, We'll come back to it. Anyway. I'll get back in my game here. Oh, yes. Uh, University of Illinois, uh, the Mosaic browser. Tim Berners-Lee? Nope. Uh, keep going. Um, Venture Capital Fund, A16Z. Uh, gosh, darn it. Anyway, I'll keep talking. You'll figure it out. Um, University of Illinois alum. It's the Harvard of the Midwest. Maybe you've heard of it. Harvard he, of the Midwest is UW Oshkosh. He, <laughs> that is false. Don't say that again. Mark Anderson? Uh, uh, Andreessen, Mark Andreessen. So he often talks about, we talk about strong, that all the time. Strong, <laughs> strong views, weekly held. Strong views, weekly held, which is have a, have an opinion, right? Think about why you think that. If new information comes to light, or new people come in your life, or you get have experiences that change it, 
do not hold so strongly onto that. And I find myself repeating that for me, for my kids, for our clients. Strong views, How weekly held. I am 44. Yeah, so I'm 49. That's a huge stoic thing too. Oh, right. You yeah. never know. You never. You know nothing. You know the only time to be smart is when you relearn something. I give me like stoic quote on knowledge or learning. Right. There's. A, I'm missing a quote there. It's very similar. Is it the one where you cannot learn that which you already think you know? Yes, that might be it. Oh, right. uh, who, who said it though? Oh, shit, I don't know. One of the guys. Zenithius? One of the dudes. Right. I don't. Right. One of the dudes. <laughs> one of the Romans. TM that I. Uh, I also well, uh, control what you can control. TM uh, right. came up with that right. yeah, last yeah. week. Okay. Good. Good. All right. Great. All right. Good talk. Let's get the yeah, hell out no, of here. That is a, a really good uh, one that I think we should talk about. This one, I think, is just your that's just your brand. Uh, I like I that one a lot. I feel like you just spoke down to it. I mean, I think it's time for an upgrade. I don't love it. It's too wordy. <laughs> One, two, here. three, four. I, you know what I feel? It's I feel so like we're not in sync anymore. <laughs> I feel so like weird. really out of sync with all of this. I don't. I feel I'm like I either need to go or I need more horse Ever medicine. Since you brought that up, I forgot to tell you about the billboard. We just started going. Yeah. I feel great. I you feel had great. one job. I do one job. Rolling. No, I don't. Uh, I don't. All right. I do not love your brand. Everything I thought that, that I aspire to be and teach, you just took a dump on. But let's keep moving. No, it's, bad. Uh, it's what you just said. <laughs> what you think you know weekly. Like week, weekly. Like maybe, I don't know. I don't let's keep it. moving. Well, what else you got? You got other ideas? It doesn't say your name. I've literally given thousands of hats out with this on it. Yeah, it well, looks good on a hat. <laughs> Just because you put it on a hat and gave them away for free does not mean it looks good. Like you're I regret that, this you're decision to come on episode 76, the Steve super, McMichael Chicago Bears Mongo podcast. Did Aaron Rodgers get traded at this moment? Please uh, tell me yes. Yes, because then we will be here until we'll, we'll the end of time. Of billboard, just cut <laughs> it. We trimmed this episode back to 12 minutes. It was strong the at the latest, beginning. The latest tweet said that... Uh, <laughs> Before they got on the plane to go back to New they York. They shook hands. They did drugs. They asked Woody Johnson, what are the chances uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet? And he said, we'll see. Are we going to have to watch the flight that's back a, to Lambeau that's again? That's a great like, update. Like the fire from the Mississippi thing? Yeah, are we going to do the, the Rodgers flight back? I think so. What a douchebag. Oh, I couldn't agree more. What's a Bears fan feel about him? He hates him. He's hated him, though, for oh. like if, like if he Like, if he leaves, he's gone. He's out of Green Bay. What are your, what are your thoughts as a Bears fan instant reaction? Minus your emotional baggage with Rodgers. It, none of it's emotional. It's very, <laughs> it's very logical. That's got to get out of here. Uh, no, I'm thrilled he's gone. Obviously, he's one of the greatest ever. And he followed up another one of the greatest ever. I can't wait for you guys to have a mediocre, crappy quarterback like we've had. And he really For has. the last 30 and or 40 years. You think of it as a Bears fan, he really has been a Bears killer. Like, we can lose game after game after game or just look like shit. He's and rejuvenated I, and I every like, time he plays the Bears. Like, as a Packer fan, you're like, oh. this is my perspective. Like, we have, like, we're, like, 3-1, and 3-2. and two, And then we have, like, a Bears game. We're like, well, I don't know. It's boring. He's just so easy to dislike. This, How can you, with a straight face, straight face, talk about doing this darkness retreat? Like, this is a normal thing people talk about. And y'all just got to wait. I, don't, I wait for the Super Bowl. Then I go. Like, the thing about him that I believe, of course, I don't know. He, as much as he says he doesn't want this attention, he loves this attention. He craves this. We've got the whole football world and sporting world all talking about Aaron Rodgers. He would only construct this situation 
to this degree if he wanted I this sort of thing. I think he's a manipulative grading douchebag based on that, right? <laughs> because I think he goes on podcasts like, oh, stupid media. I think he actually talks the way, and I think he actually believes that he's not that guy, which thus kind of makes him that guy, back to not talking to his family or his fa- You know, like, there's some weird shit there. I think, uh, like, Kyrie Irving, I'm not sure if he's totally in that territory. Kyrie Irving, I heard somebody describe him as a pseudo-intellectual. I'm like, that feels right, where he's reading enough to say stuff that's an intelligent, but then is obviously behaving in a way that is far from intelligent, where Aaron Rodgers, I also believe, is an intelligent guy, but I also struggle to understand, like, are you getting what you want out of this whole thing? I I don't know. And I think because he's a highly paid, we just went through this with a a boy in in our high school in basketball, I won't say his name, but he won't watch it anyway, but really, really good kid, really good kid, goofy, lovable, one of my, he's like a son to me, and he had a really hard senior senior season. I mean, really hard. It was just that a-hole on the floor. But I think no one ever asked him if he wanted to be a leader. Happened to be 6'5", happened to be our best player of all time, right? Four-year four year starter on varsity. Did anybody ask him if he wanted to be that dude? Like, are we sure Aaron Rodgers, again, they would say they want to be that dude. Right. He's thrown to that dude. He's kind of a nerdy guy. I think he's actually smart. I don't think he's like a... Kyrie Irving smart. I think he's actually smart. Yeah. But, like, I think sometimes they're thrust into this leadership role. Sure. And then, like, I don't know what to do with this, so this is how I act, and it just comes off as, like, crass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, Kyrie Irving, yeah. I mean, I've met a few people that, like, use language, and they use these huge words. Like, Photographic general shooter for the what? Hell, I don't think you use that right. That's <laughs> but that's kind of how he comes across, for sure. Yeah, I, just, I don't I know. I just struggle with he's always going to be the smartest guy in the room kind of thing. He know? does like, seem that way. Yes. That's where it comes off as, you know. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Not, you know, I think Brett Favre totally played up the Wisconsin thing and kind of got it. And I think Aaron Rodgers never really got who he was as a Green Bay Packer either. Like for long hood, yeah. global heroism, fanhood. Mm-hmm. Like just have a couple bush lights, wear a little camo, show up at a local bar, crush some beers, you're good. We don't, we don't expect a lot from our quarterback. <sighs> in love we yeah. trust. In love, we trust. In love we trust. So oh, is that the is idea? Is this the idea that real Packers fans are saying? We can't wait. On to Jordan Love, and we, we believe that Jordan Love is going to be the next whatever thirty-six months is going to be the successor. Do you we guys don't even be- care. It just doesn't matter. Go. It's no, just it on. Matter. Turn it the page. It does not matter. Let's, let's just see what he is. Okay. Turn the page, and then I think all jokingly we're like, "In love, we trust." All you need is love. Let's rock and roll. Did it before rock and roll. No one knows if he's good. I don't think any Packer fan even alludes that he's good. We're just ready to go. And we have seen signs where he may not suck. Like, I don't, it doesn't look like he's a bust, so fuck it, let's roll. I think there's a leadership angle here that we don't have to dig into, but it's this idea that I often think about, which is if you know there's an inevitability to a situation with a certain, especially talented person on your team, if you know there's an inevitability to something happening, Make that, make that decision now. Move on. And I feel like you guys have been doing that for a while, which, hey, I get it from a, from a team that hasn't, a hey, good, Macy. hasn't had a good... Kurt, see, hey, you're on, my, you're on my podcast. Unprepared What's for up, this. Mace? This doesn't happen on the oh, Construction okay. Leadership Podcast, but... What's up? Um, should I heat up the ravioli for you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Are we keeping this on the podcast? Yeah, of course I think we should. Hi, May. You're on episode Hi. 76. Yes, please heat up the ravioli, and I know I have CYE at 6, and we have to do donation boxes tonight. Okay. All right, so I'll pick up Marcus in a little bit. I have to leave in like 10 minutes, so. Okay. How was the ACTs today? Good. 
Did you cry? When do you get when do you get it back, the results? Like two to three weeks, they said. Alright. Peace. Love you. Bye. Okay, bye. Alright. Truth be told, it is five thirty-three. I have a twelve minute drive. I have to eat supper, and then I have to be at CYE at the church to do donation boxes. So this episode podcast it's been great to be here. Is, oh, uh, thank great you. to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Peace this out. This is how everybody. we close it. Thank you.